everybody and welcome to the LHC. Uh, today we're going to talk about Eva 3.33. You cannot redo. You can't go back and change the movie. Which is kind of fun, interesting, because 3.33 retcons not consequential stuff, but like random stuff to make a few of its other parts work. So it actually does have... As far as I'm concerned, it has redoing built into a bit of it. What, it was changed since the theatrical release? Uh, not changed since the theatrical release. I, I feel that um, certain things were changed in comparison to 2 to be all part of Gendo's plan. And I just like... If that, if that bit in movie 2 was all part of Gendo's plan, then Gendo is a moron. Or... Or he could be the most insightful precognition man who's ever lived. It does seem... Because, the, yeah, you know, it, it, spoilers, everything doesn't make any sense. At the end, he, his whole thing is, everything's going according to plan. Despite the fact that he's arguably been stopped from doing the thing that he wanted to do. But he's like, ah, it's all within expectations. And a part of me really hates that sort of crap. Eva pulls mm. it off better than others, but it's still like, uh... I think, though, this is your... it's more likely that either... I mean, this is the thing. Originally, it felt like he was doing that for the benefit of the staff. But now there aren't any staff. They're all dead. Uh, so now it just seems like the only real explanation is that his plan is so bare bones and vague that pretty much anything can lead to the correct outcome. <laughs> it's like, imagine if, if you said, I've got a plan for my life. What is it? At some point, I'll die. And that's the entirety of the plan for my life. And then it's just like the doctor walks in and goes, yes, so it turns out you had cancer and we've now fixed it with chemotherapy. Exactly according to the plan. I'm afraid entropy has been applied to your body over time and you're aging. Exactly according to the plan. A part of me wants... As long as as you've got a really vague, easy to hit couple of points, it's piss easy to be according to plan. A part of me wants that to be true. A part of me wants either like Misato or Yui, like an end of Eva, or maybe even Ritsuko, it would be nice to be like, have like shot Gendo, Gendo twice in the chest in the fourth movie, and he's like bleeding on the <laughs> ground, and his last words are just, all according to plan. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> he wouldn't, oh. he is exactly the sort of shit he would say. <laughs> he is. Actually, um, I've always thought, if you are a villain, uh, the best last words are the ones that really, really fuck with the people that killed you. Like, um, you know, if, if, you're, if you've been stopped entirely and all your plans are in ruins, you go, Ah, but you forget, the second nerve agency will be the downfall of you all. And then, you know, you're dying, but you've pretty much ruined their day. You've taken all the goal, you've taken all the wonderful victoriness out of them, and they go, oh my god, we're going to have to go and look for this second nerve that he built. Where is it? Oh my god, a hidden secret second nerve. And they're going to be on edge forever. <laughs> um, that actually is a plot point in a movie. That's a plot point in the movie LA Confidential. Is it? Oh, okay. It's not with not the bad guy, it. though, but the bad guy gets fooled by essentially that thing. He kills him, and the, the good guy just remembers to say like this one thing at the end that throws his whole plan out because he gets too paranoid. <laughs> because he mentions yeah. it. He mentions it to um to one of the other guys, and it reveals to the other protagonist that the, the bad guy is the bad guy. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty... Pretty good thing. If only I could remember who it was that played the good guy. It's a pity that is lost in time forever. The guy who got shot, who played a character quite charismatically, gone forever. I'm assuming it's someone who's had like sexual allegations or something, because yep. obviously you could just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, as I haven't seen it, I don't actually know yep. what you're referring to. Uh, don't worry about joke. it. It's not. So important. let's move on. <laughs> so this is the. F I I saw this uh, pretty soon after it came out. But you, yeah. uh, this is the first time you've seen this? I saw this four hours ago. Yeah. And I have to say, worth the wait, it was not. No, so you I... didn't like this one. Oh, God, no. I hated this film. It was so awful. I hated pretty much all of it in every respect. I can't think of a single bit that I went, yeah, that's good. I enjoyed that. It was stupid and boring. That wasn't boring. And this is from an Ever fan. 
I like Evangelion. I like the original series. I like the original movies. I even liked the second movie of the rebuild, even if I didn't really care for the first one. But I, I think the second film got my hopes up that it was going to be good now. That they'd done all the prep work and the boring stuff in the first one, and now they were just going to be really cool and interesting. Yeah, but they and, weren't cool um, and interesting. No, they weren't. They were irritating and stupid. What was but, irritating um, and stupid about this one? The whole film. What, okay, so what, what is what is it that was irritating? <sighs> right. Okay, so it starts off with Shinji waking up and being referred to as a sample, and we don't really get an explanation for why, other than maybe there's been other things that might have been Shinji, but we don't really know. Wait, like, wait, did he wait. The problem what? is just that he wakes up and he's called something. Come on, pair no, it, pair it down for me. Don't don't go through the whole thing. Tell me what uh, it is about the movie, about the sort of the story that it tells that's that's bad. Because I, other than the fact that you know it's like all oh, part of my plan, I quite you know I quite like the story because it's all about trying to go back to what's comfortable and realizing you can't go back. You can't go back to like the comfortable nice places. And in fact, it might be damaging to do that. With, like, specific references to Eva and how these movies are essentially a revisit of a previous product. Yeah, and I'm not saying that the concept or the underlying message or anything has anything particularly wrong with it. It was the execution as a film that I was, you know, bored by and repeatedly irritated by. And you can say, oh, yeah, what was it specifically? But it was the film. It was like the entirety of the film. I, I know, didn't pretty, really care for sim- virtually any of it. I mean, it felt different. It felt different to how Eva has been done. It had none of the usual Eva trappings because they had to change the entire like setup of everything. But it still had like if you if you're talking about like fun robot action and people dealing with like really difficult high wire situations, that's right there from the very beginning. I think part of okay, so. I know you're going to disagree with me because that's kind of your job, apparently. But I... Okay, so you say don't go through the whole thing, but I think that's kind of what a lot of my problem was. Like, it was interesting all the whole, okay, so there's been a 14-year time skip and everyone looks older except for the pilots. And the only explanation we have for that is, yeah, the curse of the Evangelion. Why? Why are you not aging? You weren't you weren't not aging before. Why are you suddenly not aging? No one mentions it. No one talks about anything apart from, hey, we kind of like having all these fourteen year olds in our but, but, films. No, but that's the point. It's like that's the curse. It's like the curse of capitalism. The the pilots aren't allowed to age because the people consuming the film won't la- allow them to. Won't allow them to grow, and everything. It's also a reflection of the people who have been watching this series for 15 years now, who have watched it from the beginning. And it's like, hey, look at you, person who is about 30 now, who watched the original Eva series. This is you. You are like a child still. You haven't grown up when you come to look at this and you still are are looking for the same familiar stuff. I'm not saying, as I said, I'm not saying like the the intention or the metaphor or the, so what's the real then, world application. I don't is... like the thing in the film. It's like it's fine to put that stuff in, but at least have it sort of make, at least try and do something with it. It does make does do go, something with it because the whole thing's about now. Shinji kind of like regressing and asking like why the stuff he did before doesn't mean anything and why can't everything just go back when actually he did something very damaging. It's also the thing of, yes, he does something very damaging, but he goes right back to being... I think it's, you know, I don't like watching the first film so much because I don't like being with Shinji, the point of view character who I just annoys and I just dislike him. And I don't like his actions or his... And in this one, so again, not... It's things like... Okay, so this is... I'm aware that he's having like a bit of a mental break. He finds out, you know, it's been 14 years and everyone I was friends with has now turned on me... Yeah, that, is, that does feel nasty, but I think and... that's good, isn't it? It's better that we no, no, that, with no. Shinji. Look, I, I, I liked that bit. That bit's all right of him going, hey, everything's moved on without me, and the only thing that I had before, I don't have anymore either. And then like, he goes, oh, look, Ray, there's something I recognise. I'll go back. And then he finds out, actually, she takes you to this new place, and nothing about this new place is what you actually remember. 
and even Ray's not Ray anymore. She's just a different clone of the same person. And that's, you know, that bit's fair enough. But then it's it's partially just Shinji bothers me. And I know he's having this mental break thing. And I know, see, this is the thing. I know why he's doing it, but it doesn't stop it being annoying. That, like, Karu goes, hey, I've got this plan that can fix everything. And Shinji goes, yes, yes, absolutely. Whatever it is, I'm totally going to do it. And then he goes, all right, we're going to get these spears. And that'll fix everything. Okay, get the spears, fix everything. Got it. Let's mm-hmm. go. And it's all going well. And then Asuka and everyone turns up and goes, you probably shouldn't do that. And he goes, ah, yeah, but Kairi says I should. And then Kairi goes, no, you no, shouldn't. <laughs> actually, I've had a look and this isn't what I was expecting. So you shouldn't do it. And Shinji just goes, nah, shut up. I'm going to do it anyway. It's yeah, like he's getting told no on all sides, bit... but he clings, he clings to this idea. Like if Karu had said to him, go and get the spears. And then hadn't come with him. That makes sense. That makes sense that everyone's telling him no. But he's like, no, I'm going to trust the one person that said that he could fix everything for me. I'm going to trust that there is a magical solution to fix everything. But then when the person that told you that the magical solution is there says, actually, that's not it. That's not the magical solution to fix everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So don't do that. That's going to make everything worse. That's just going to really fuck everything up. And then Shinji goes, yeah, I'm going to ignore you and you and pretty much everyone. Because I, Shinji, have decided to cling to the idea that it is going to work even though literally no one says it is and even I didn't understand why it was going to work. It's just annoying that he does that, that he I, then goes I and pulls his beard and sets the that, whole thing up. It, that does it irritate me, yeah. And the only evidence you have for why he does this, his motivation for this is that he's so desperate to get back to a thing that he recognises and feels like he belongs. I get that. I really do. But that's why I think you need to take away Karu, or you need to have him not have all sides telling him. Like, even if, if you had, it, like, Karu goes, wait, no, and then Gendo comes on and goes, actually, yeah, everything will be magic if you just do that one thing, mm-hmm. and he obeys Gendo. But I just feel like you have to have him, have at least someone tell him it's a good idea that he should do it. See, now, a part of me agrees with you with that, because that especially irritated me when I first watched the movie, and it did irritate me when I rewatched it, watching for this still. But I had very much bought into this whole thing of um, Shinji being like a representation of self-destructive urges still. And he's got to work through, like he hasn't really sort of grown up still. So he's, he's still going to cling to it, even if he's told not to, because it's still an easy solution that plays into what he knows before. But I can, I still agree with you there. I am with you that I don't, I didn't feel the emotional link for Shinji's actions, even though I knew what the thematic link was. Yeah, but that's my point. Is but that doesn't ruin the film I don't mind the themes. Me. There's like so uh, much else to it. Like I don't think it ruined... No, that, that's not the bit... The point I'm saying is there wasn't... It's like you're looking for a thing where I can say this ruined the film. But the point I think is that that works if you've had like one thing all the way through that's not great. But I don't feel like that. I feel like... I didn't enjoy any of the film. You can cut it up into the sections. I didn't... Like, the opening, I actually didn't mind so much because it was this whole, you know, what's changed and I'm looking at all the things that have changed and it's interesting and how are they treating Shinji differently and what's going to be the explanation for this and the explanation for that. And then I know Eva's never been particularly good at explanations, but I didn't feel like it made any effort whatsoever here. Apart from some hand-wavy metaphor of blah, blah, that. But then... And then there's this whole, oh no, now we've built the god killer, it's the ship. And just just to make me feel a lot of respect for them, Misato goes, do you know what? I feel like I'm going to call my organisation W-I-L-L-E yeah, that is without checking true. with a single English speaker if that's going to be a really stupid fucking name to yeah. choose. Wiley, is, it's like they're running out of fun German stuff. The ship called Wunder, though, is nice. No, the ship called Wunder's completely fine, but they've written the word Willy on, on everything. every inch of the yeah. ship. Why not? <laughs> I don't mind Again, that. Not what ruined the film, but kind of detracted from it being a cool thing. Mm. When you've just, <laughs> just anyway, it was just very silly to see that. But the point was, when they're doing this whole, and then we're going to turn the ship, and the ship's actually like a giant robot that's going to fight them. And I thought, okay, that could be sort of interesting. And then it's like, no, and now we fly, and all of these ships now float for no real reason, and we're never going to really go into 
why there are some survivors from the third impact when apparently the world's dead, but also not. And is there anyone apart from the people in this fleet? And also, it's been 14 years. Why haven't any of these people trained? Like, I get that they might not have got the tech working at this point. The ship's new because they'd only just got Unit 1. No, I know the ship's new and they've only got Unit 1 like 10 minutes ago. I get that. But it's been 14 years and you would have thought that in that time you might have had time to build the ship. You've had time to train the people. I mean, it's not like that ship could be mysteriously brought into being in a minute. I mean, having all these people going like, all these city people, they don't even know what their responsibilities are or how to work anything. Or It's like, maybe you could have spent a bit of time with the manual or simulations or something like that before the Evangelion unit was brought to you. Yeah. I mean, wh- wh- why is everyone suddenly a complete new person here? And it's like, oh yeah, Wait, they're all no, city people. Wait, no, they've got the old people. people there. They've got the three bri- bi- bridge staff still there. Yeah, they do, but they, they said most of the crew are like those city people. You know, who it's implied were just rescued survivors from the city mm. and have never been in the military before. Mm. But it's been 14 years. Like, surely at this point, everyone's a bloody grizzled vet. If they've spent 14 years on these ships running away from things like Evangelions and Angels and drones. Mm. And you get vaguely introduced to these characters of, hey, here's this bridge crew and everything. And then just as you're starting to think, okay, so this is our setting... He just goes. Yeah. And then they're not really mentioned until later on. And I get that the whole pulling him away from that, but they spent a lot of time not really telling you anything. And just when you sort of feel like you're starting to get the hang of it, they pull you away. And I'm, again, I know that you're meant to be feeling this whole being ripped away from something that's starting to become familiar, just like Shinji is. No, but, I think you're supposed to go along with it because he's rejecting it because they're, they, in a way, are rejecting him because for all of the their legitimate grievances, Misato's pulling the same bullshit Gendo does because Gendo doesn't explain anything and is constantly standoffish despite Shinji's desires to connect with them, even though Shinji is trying to connect with them in a very like selfish way because we see it, he's still externalising his own means of happiness into other people. But... Misato, like, cuts Shinji off, barely talks to him, barely looks at him, just like Gendo, treats him like a thing. But she still clearly cares about him because she couldn't blow him up when she had the opportunity to. I just, I kind of feel like I was missing the half an hour that linked the last film and this one. And I know there's that whole, yeah, but he was dead. But you don't need to show me it. You could, it's like, show, don't tell is a good idea. But even if you told me it, I'd feel a lot better. Like, why is Unit 1 in a box, in space. The last thing we saw was Karu sticks him with the spear... I agree, that is ...into the ground. You should have Why just is it not, in space? You should have just not had that opening. If they had just not had that bit right at the end and just ended on Ritsuko saying it's the end of the world, that would have been better, I think. Yeah, because it's just a case of, okay, somebody connect for me how Shinji, who, again, we don't really know, but in the original series, he dissolves into the LCL because he goes too deep, mm. right? So, one assumed, at the end of the second film, I was going, right, from my knowledge of Evangelion, he's probably dissolved into the LCL, so has Rei, as in he managed to pull her from, pull her soul from the unit that was corrupted into his unit one, and they've both dissolved into the LCL, and then that's going to start awakening, and then Karu throws the spear in, and we know from everything of Evangelion, you stick the spear into any of the beings, and they stop growing, that's why... You know, the regeneration of, I think it's Lilith or Adam, I can't remember which, when they pull the spear out and they suddenly start regenerating their legs in, I think it's the end of Evangelion. Mm. And, and so that's an established Evangelion thing. It's fine. Stab him with the spear and unit one stops third impact. Again, fine. How did the spear go out of unit one and then unit one's in a box in space? Why? What, what happened there? Nobody mentions it, and nobody, you just sort of go, okay, yeah, fine. Nobody mentions how something about Third Impact stopped them aging. And it's fine for them not to be aging for, whoa, as whoa, you whoa, say, whoa. all the only, comments it, in the o- Only Asuka and Mari stopped aging. Everyone else has aged. Yeah, I know everyone else has aged, but they say, yeah, pilots of the Evangelion haven't aged. Mm. And I just kind of feel like even a throwaway sentence of something why, rather than just going, yeah, they don't age. I just don't like that... It's not, like, with Evangelion, you often felt like you didn't have the explanation, but everyone else did because there was one. I kind of just felt like that there wasn't an explanation this time, 
And instead of not telling you because you're the you're the Shinji point of view and Shinji doesn't know and you're the audience and you're not meant to know, but it's a real thing that exists somewhere in the background in the author's head, it's thought out properly. All of that stuff just makes me think, no, they don't have an answer. It's like, you know, lost when they kept telling you you have an answer and it turns out they never had any clue what was going on. There's no feeling that they don't age for anything other than the convenience of the metaphor or the commentary on, you know, the audience and capitalism, as you were saying earlier. And there's no explanation for how Shinji ends up so with wait, the spear. Are you saying the problem Lilith is because the there's no diegetic the reason that they haven't aged that's explained that the actual thematic reason why they haven't aged is somehow irrelevant? No, I'm saying that the thematic reason why they haven't aged is a reasonably good reason to have it in. But I'm saying that if you want to have something in given in-universe reason it exists and that's don't get the feeling that the universe reason exists and we're not told it I know, they just say people that pilot either a long time don't age that's, that seems like a fine thing anyway, it's new but it's not outside the realm of thing in this weird super robot show like, the angels now can random, uh, ever since the first, or ever since I think the second one, can randomly fly using halos, because they never used to have halos, and they never used to be able to fly without a good reason, but that wasn't a problem. And that actually has, that's has only a technical thing, so that you can, um, that's only so that you can, uh, what's the word, coordinate different action sequences with them. But the angels are ethereal and unknowable beings the evas aren't the evas are meant to be you know the ethereal knowing beings shackled in with these armor plating and controlled by these children who can do it because they can synchronize with them yeah there's no reason then i always think if you care about that so much that there could be some sort of back you know other side effects to piloting an eva for a long time and i don't object to there being these side effects i object to it not feeling like anyone's put any thought into whether or not that's a thing well you see when are they going to explain it to you because they don't want to explain anything to shinji and if for them it's been happening for like a decade so they don't there's no time for anyone to say oh as you know like that would be worse for me <clears throat> and it's not really okay. important for the third movie i think if it becomes important they might mention it later but it's not that it's not... Look, again, it's not that it doesn't feel... It's not that they don't tell you. It's that they feel... It feels to me like they don't have it. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's not they know something we don't. It's that they just haven't bothered writing the reason. And as far as ways to put it in, you know, off the top of my head, Ritsko gives a report on um, Shinji's uh, biological Ah, wait, there's makeup. a good reason why They're Shinji doing hasn't that. aged... There's like no, an no, even there is a... more important reason why Shinji hasn't aged. Yes, but... Because Shinji's um... explicitly the one who is like a literally a, a teenage 30-year-old. Like, that's an important part of the whole movie. And also, he like turned into, merged with his unit. In, like, diegetically, he merged with his unit at age 14 and was only extracted 14 years later. So... Yeah, but my point was, you said, how could they have explained that without it being clunky? And the answer is, they say... Well, no, but it's obvious. They say, oh, he looks like he's 14. Is that from the same effect as the pilots that we've got now? And she goes, no, the pilots we've got now haven't aged because blah, blah. With this subject, it's actually because he's blah, 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 blah. I really don't see it's, what it's, difference it's it would It's two sentences. Look, okay, fine, you don't have a problem with it, but I felt like it needed... I needed to feel like Ritsko... And Misato understood what was going on. They do understand I what's didn't. going on because it's there every day to them. They don't need to explain it to people who have already been living together for 14 years. Everyone knows, everyone there knows, apart from Shinji, that Asuka and Mari, for some reason, don't age. All right. I just feel like we're going we're gonna to keep on about this forever, so we can move on. But all I'm saying is I just kind of feel like that... Yeah, well, what about at least... The if we're moving on, exists, what about at least Karu and... Shinji's relationship. I think it's at least a lot better in this than it's ever been. Yes. This movie. Absolutely. This, it felt like it was actually a thing in this one. Whereas, it's always been rushed. In It was less rushed in the manga than it was in the original anime. And in the original anime, like his anguish about having to kill Karu was a big deal, largely because he'd come to see Karu as a fellow pilot, and after Toji's problems and everything you know where a friend of his became a pilot and then was hurt because of his actions and all that you could kind of see why he was having such a problem with 
killing someone who looked human, who he'd seen as an equal and as a partner, and da 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 da. In this, they actually have him bond with Karu for quite some time. You know, mm. the piano playing is great. He's in an isolated place that he kind of recognizes but doesn't recognize. His dad's not talking to him. Ray doesn't talk to him and isn't even seemingly the same person. And the only person who seems to be actually interested in who he is in both the uh, Willy. How do you pronounce that? Viley? Wait, I can't. No, are you talking about Karu? Because Karu isn't in Wyatt. No, 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 no. I know he's not, but I'm saying of all the people. He, he's come from a place where there was people he sort of recognised but who didn't want anything to do with him and then he's come to another place where he sort of recognises but with people who want nothing to do with him and Kara is the only person from either of those with any interest in him mm-hmm. so you can absolutely see why he bonds with him so quickly and then they play piano together and he's like oh you were waiting for me yeah well I've got nothing else to do there is literally nothing to do at Nerve <laughs> other than chill and play the piano with you which is fine and good. And I, I thought, yeah, it was nice that they did all the bonding stuff. And Well, again, notice why there's nothing happening in Nerve, because uh, he's, so he's taken away from Wiley, which is like a group of people barely hanging on and barely making do, do but they're all people. And then he's taken to Nerve, which is, is the same, has the same two old men in charge, and everything has become automated. And uh, Ayanami, even though she looks like Ayanami, doesn't act like Ayanami and just does what she's told which I don't know about mm. you, just seems like a nice example of... Uh, it's not like the whole movie, but that's like, here is me working in a new environment, which is Wiley, and here is me now having to work in Eva, going back to the old environment of making anime, where everything is automated, where everything is crap and run by the same old people. You know, that's that's why. And then he meets Karu there, and it's not surprising that these movies are generally so much better than the TV series because these are after Hideki Anno met and married his wife who like and he also really like grew up as well and then married his wife it's not like she fixed him or anything and so you have this whole experience of people making art together to become closer so it's like this is like a a, a version of uh his relationship with his wife in uh Shinji and Karu okay So I just like that. I like the ha- way that, you know, there's lots of stuff in that's used Nerve to represent, but the one I always cling to, because for some reason I endlessly see these movies as about making anime. Um, I see far too many anime as about making anime. Uh, is like, yeah, I'm away on one it's side. one of anime's favourite subjects. Yeah, I'm away on one side and it's full of people and it's really difficult and everything. We're pulling together and belly scraping by, but there are people there and they're doing something worthwhile and then you get pulled back to the old site and it's the same old people in charge and it's barely empty and it's covered with like, it's all hollow and everything's automated. You know, he gets everything delivered to him by a robot, you know, in a slot in a wall that just yeah. that just gives him mush and then like notices that his clothes are actually recycled from all of the people because he's got Toji's old shirt. I don't know if Toji's maybe even still alive. The idea is like maybe Toji died. Yeah, I mean again, I could do with knowing how people some of them survived and some of them didn't because like if I remember from the end, it's not in any way uh wrong that all the people in HQ of Nerve probably survived. It's one of the most secure buildings. But um, why is Toji's sister around? Is Toji around? All these sort of things. Why are those people alive? Would have been a nice Nice, isn't it, that Toji's sister is now an actual character, though? Yeah, yeah. From being a plot device in both of the original formats to now being slightly shown in film two and a proper character in film three. Mm. Yeah, I did like that as mainly. Although a good example but, um, is that she's slightly nice to him, but she's quite clearly has just as much like distrust and dislike for him, for Shinji, uh, than everyone else. Like she's like, please don't go and pilot robots because we're all mm. afraid. And I do think it is, it does seem really mean spirited. Like they, like I'll agree with you on this is that it's one thing I like, I like about, I like it, I like half like and half don't like it, because I half like it because it's like, let's put uh, the, the audience in the position of Shinji, so that even when he's doing clearly bad things, you're almost still on his side. Um, but at the same time, it would be nice for them to say more clearly, hey, remember that thing you did at the end of the th- second movie that you thought was a really good idea no it wasn't a good idea it just it caused huge problems for everybody and that's why we don't like you anymore that is a thing that i really could do with having been 
Sorry, sorry. Having, oh, sorry, and that also explains why Misato is kind of standoffish because she knows that she was super cheering for him to do that. So she's like conflicted because he's like, I like him, but he destroyed the world. But back when he was destroying the world, I was his number one cheering thing person because I thought it was what I wanted too. The thing is, I do get that, but it's another one of those um, don't open the box. Why? Oh, I can't tell you, but don't open the box. You mean mystery and then box? You open the... or... No, not, no, not mystery box. It's like literally if someone just says to you, oh, I'm just going to go out for a bit, but don't open the box. And then you say, why Why shouldn't I be open the box? Oh, you know, just I can't tell you, but don't open the box. And if you'd said, oh, because if you open the box, it's full of snakes um, and they'll kill you, you might not have opened the box. Mm. But just, you know, if they'd sat down with Shinji and said, he's like... Uh, Give me unit one, I'll pilot it. And then someone had just taken the three seconds or even like three minutes to properly go to him. Look, you went in an Evangelion and when you did, you synchronized with it. You opened the gates of the and you caused the third impact. You killed like six billion people. No, wait, there was a lot less population. Yeah, you killed a lot of people. Like, you killed a lot of the uh, earth yeah. is uninhabitable now, thanks to you. Yeah, you, you killed a hell of a lot of people and all of that. If you get in an Evangelion again, because you've already done that, it'll almost certainly happen near immediately. Mm. So never get in an Evangelion again. If you do, you will almost certainly start fourth impact and destroy everyone. And this time there'll be no coming back from it. So don't. Mm. Don't do that. Rather than just saying to him... Yeah, uh, if you ever get in an Evangelion, we'll kill you. Here's a collar that will kill you if you get in one. If they just said to him, this is why, no, don't actually, do Pinsky it. does say something about that. She does say, like, this symbolises, like, our distrust in you because, you know, everything. A part of me is that, like, I do yeah, think... just symbolises your distrust in you. It's not a way of, like... Uh, no, no, <sighs> she says other stuff as well. She says, like, if you ever got into an Eva and your emotional state got out of control, this allows us to kill you and such. Like, it is, like... Yeah, but my it's point not is, really it's spelt out until we'll Kauru do something. Does. Yeah, but you've got to remember these it's people have been we'll living do it something. forever, and they don't trust him, and they don't even think Shinji is Shinji when they first meet him. Yeah, and I could do with knowing why. Well, like, that's what, how they. This, okay, this is the thing. I think it's kind of weird because it's kind of a diegetic, like sci-fi bullshit reason. But they've always acted this way about angels because there's always been the fear of contamination by angels. He's tr- he's in the same yeah. sort of box that Asuka was in after she was injured. Angels Patton always are tricky yeah. jerks that turn up in secret other forms, although not so much in the movies. But still, we know that they do, and everything. Yeah, no, I I know that, but it's this thing of um, treating. Them also, as- why is Asuka now like again? She was a specimen who'd gone full blue. Mm. No, she hadn't. That I wouldn't mind a thing. Yeah, that was the end of the second film. They were like, no, they, they were, oh, yeah, she, she could have contamination, and they won't kill her now because she's needed as a sample and everything. But after all of the other stuff, she's like a good pilot and everything because they're not with Nerve anymore. Mm. There's also this ongoing thing that Shinji just isn't a good pilot. Like, he's never done anything. He was a good pilot in two. In this one, no, yeah, he, he doesn't do that much. He does kind of. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, what like, are you about? He, he can run and jump, and that's about it. Like the only time in two where he actually did any fighting was, you know, he ran and he jumped and he stabbed. But when it comes to doing all like the mid-air acrobatics or the sniping or the like hand-to-hand combat and stuff, that's always been the other ones. Yeah, like Shinji basically turns up and just does a. He, he can just move around in it and maybe stab something with a basic thing or pull a trigger, and that's it. And if it ever goes beyond that, he just goes into berserk mode. Mm. Well, in all fairness, he had control of the Eva when he did that. But, yeah, um, I'd say that um, in the movie, yeah, Shinji doesn't appear that great. Although, do remember, he does fight against Asuka. And with the like the little uh, uh, options he has, he can like hold her back for quite a bit. Because Kaoru doesn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, but I also do know, uh, you know, we don't know the specs of Angel, uh, sorry, Eva 13 and Eva 2. Hmm. But if this is one that's 14 years of development, we've built a really amazing Ava, you know. Mm. You oh, yeah, but Avas are never like difference. that. Like, Avas are whatever they need to be in the in the sequence. So Unit 2 is as powerful as it needs to be. It loses its arm a lot, which I like. It keeps on getting new and different arms. Because <laughs> it gets its also, arm burnt you know, off they, at the they beginning. Really they really need to repair the battery slot on Unit 2 because it's somehow tied to the plot. 
yeah, it yeah. just flicks off whenever the plot requires it. Yeah. At least in the TV series, you had this countdown and a bit of a thing. But no, in the films, it's just, oh, what? No, her batteries run out again. Well, I think in the films, it's different. They've probably got a longer life battery. And it's not as dramatic as having, like, five minutes on set internal battery time. There's probably, like, a separate separate thing. Mm. They did have rather cool... um, uh, rather cool batteries, extra batteries that you could put in in the TV series that I did like because they were like batteries. They had like the plus and the negative and they went on the shoulder fins. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they were a nice I, I thing. But do. that's like a technical garnish that you don't, you can't really have the time for in a film unless it's really commercially viable. And Unit 2, with all its constantly swapping arms, now that is a commercially viable thing. <laughs> we also do see Asuka like... Uh, do the beast mode I really like that I like the fact the beast mode wasn't just a one-off thing from the second film mm. but um, I think people really liked it thing... that's why. <laughs> yeah well it's become a thing that both of them can do now and mm. you know that's a, that's quite nice well that's true okay so let's stay away from like things that we might disagree with for a bit and go with what about I like the the t- the team up aspect of Asuka and Mari in this where they're um they're like a team. Mm, I like where Mari's like I do a like their team and I like their synchronous Mari's a really good sniper as well. Mm. I just I also feel like I still haven't liked that character yet. Because I was expecting to have a bit of development of her in this film compared to like the first film. Yeah, she's just I there. felt like she was she was introduced and she was just kind of there. She's there in the opening and then she lands on Shinji and then she's there at the ending. And it's a case of I don't feel like you know her because she's only ever been either two robot fights or a quick, I'm going to drop on you and then say, I've infiltrated it and I'm done. And then the next one is she calls him puppy and her princess. And that's the entire characterization we've got. She likes smells and she calls them puppy and princess. As that's all I feel like oh, I know no, about no. that she person. She does deliberately like ease off whenever she thinks things are going to be fun or that the, the further apocalypse is going on. Like there's been hints in the second movie and there's like a clear one in the third movie where she's like, oh, sorry, can't help. You know, stuff's gone on too far. Plus, I kind of secretly want to see what happens. <laughs> so, But we haven't... She, I don't know. I just... I don't think we might ever see like a big thing because I get the feeling that stuff clearly changed. I think between two and three, even though there actually wasn't a big gap between two and three, and they like, and I think they decided no, we're going to make this very much a a thing again that focuses on Shinji and using Shinji as a vehicle to describe like what people who are probably watching Eva right now are doing by still consuming Eva, like especially three. I think the thing is, as I say, I wasn't a fan of the first or the third, and as you as you rightly point out, they're the two Shinji-focused ones where he's ninety percent of both films. Mm. The second one was the one where you got a lot of I other characters, like, especially Ray. I felt like the second film was what I was hoping for for the Evangelion films, which is like the actual original. What I liked about the TV series, you have more than just Shinji. You have Asuka, you have Rei, you have Kaiji, you have Misato, you have Toji. Um, all of these people also exist and are almost always better characters to spend time with than Shinji. And Shinji's there. And there's also this comedy in the second film. There's quite a lot of entertaining bits. And actually, that was quite nice in the anime and in the second film where it's like, yes, we have horrible traumatizing things and lots of mental health problems and references and actual physical problems and fighting angels and all of this. But we also have downtime and we have a laugh and say, it's nice yeah, and we like it together. There is, It is a bit rough. There is like no... The only sort of levity is not like a comedic levity, it's Karu and yeah. Shinji's relationship is the only positive thing. And Shinji deliberately ruins it and <laughs> and forces Karu to have to like uh, let the collar kill him in order to... <laughs> yeah. In order to... Uh, I also do... I do think also Shinji having to kill Karu to save the world was one of the most impactful things in the original series, in my view. Mm. And now it's Karu dies from the collar. Also, what the hell is with that collar? Like, it's that... It seems it just sends sparkly things around you for quite some time. Yeah. So, and then gets you, again, when it's sort of plot appropriate to get you. Exactly, yeah. Because that's, that's what it's for. It's like appropriate so that it's more shocking to Shinji and everything. That's fine. No, but it was more... 
what sets it off? Like, is it set off by this? Well, they say it that it's that? set off if you if you are about to cause another impact. Yeah, but with... he's doing that for about five minutes. Yeah, well, it takes a while to wind Shinji. up. I don't know. Uh, but the thing is, what's nice about that is actually contrasting those two ones is uh, two two moments is kind of fun. Not those exact moments, but I mean Karu uh, and Shinji when everything goes to hell. Is that in the yeah. in the TV series? It's Karu betraying Shinji that kicks the whole thing off. Mm. Uh, in both the times, I think Karu is like tricked as well. But in this one, the thing that ruins everything is Shinji betraying Karu. Yeah. So, so it's like Karu's like, no, stop, and Shinji's like, no, I'm I'm on this course, and I know before. <laughs> it's like I've learned all of the wrong lessons from my previous character development. I keep on giving up, so I'm not going to give up now that I've set on a course. It's like, no, Shinji. Sometimes it's okay to give up. No. Uh, I could make a Takabago reference here because Shinji basically he decides on an action, and then even despite all of the new information, he just yells, "Pulling the spears means pulling the spears, pulling- Karu. We I'm voted gonna on do it." it. Um, we've, you and I had a vote, and we voted to pull the spears, and I don't care what things now appear to be happening because of that. I'm gonna pull the spears. There we go. I think now we've come to a thing where we can both agree on a positive part of Eva Unit Three is, I mean, Eva Movie Three. Movie Three. Eva Movie Three is Eva Brexit. Yeah, it's the it's a wonderful Brexit metaphor. <laughs> now I just think I feel like I don't. I don't think this felt like a sequel to two. If you're, I, it I does. Think you're like, right. It can it feel nasty like... seeing it straight after two when you're like, oh, so all the stuff that we were emotionally invested in two, we were bad people. It kind of does make you. It does kind of like, be, it is a bit accusatory in a way. Mm. But I would say, right, if it hurts your feelings to be accused of liking, you know, liking all the fun stuff in two, and then it comes back and goes, no, you're being a horrible person for doing that. You're like Shinji. You're trying to go back to your safe place when you've got to like move forward, like. But you like, say, the end of Eva, where the end of Eva really hates its audience. Like, Eva Unit 3 has, like, a few nasty jabs at you, like, and stuff, and says, like, no, that you fool. <laughs> the end of 2 wasn't a triumphant thing, it was the end of the world. And Rey wasn't saved, Rey was just pushed back into capitalism, and now she's without her soul. Like, all that sort of stuff. But freeing end of Eva is, like, you are the horrible corporate parasites that infest nerve and slaughter all the goodness in it and you are also like the evil mass-produced products that descend upon the artwork of unit two and devour it alive like for all of the nastiness in um three which i do agree with you part part way that you know there are bits of 3.33 that really make me feel like oh that's a bit you know off but end of eva is so much more the other direction but I don't care if End of Eva hates me. End of Eva entertains me. Mm. It it gets me by the emotions and rips it apart. And I feel like, you know, when I first saw End of Eva, I felt emotionally destroyed by that. It was mm. fantastic. And I do feel like I felt bored by this one. Like, it's, it's the difference between, you know, watching something that really, even if it's horrible to you, it's having a really big emotional impact and it's engaging you. Mm. Whereas this one, it wasn't engaging me. It was just being dull and occasionally firing pot shots at me. And, and also saying something like, if, if your thing is like, hey, you guys need to move off Evangelion. It's been 14 years. You should all grow up. I'm like, I pretty much had grown up. I mean, I didn't really. Yeah, it's not saying that to you particularly. It's saying that to like a different kind of fan. No, I'm fully aware it was. And also the the people that told Anno to make the movie in the first place, let's not forget. They're the real targets. Because you notice how Gendo is so much more of a clearly evil bastard who just wants to regurgitate the same thing and now he rules this automated production empire. Yeah, and I'm fully aware that that's not, you know, specifically aimed at me. But also. I just feel like with two, they they sort of went, okay, right, we're going to make Evangelion... Do you remember all the things you liked about the Evangelion series? Yeah, that. We're going to do that. And if three had been either more of that or more of End of Evangelion, either would, would have been fine with me. But they went right back to the stuff they were doing in one, which was both boring me and trying to push this thing. Maybe it's just that it's not aimed at me. I, I agree. You're right. I'm not the right sort of fan. I'm not the fan that's been stuck on Evangelion for 14 years. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I got the DVDs and uh, I think I got a wall scroll, maybe a figurine. I don't think I even have a figurine. Mm. But 
I'm not. I'm not obsessed with it. Yeah, I'm not you're not the sort of person who sent. Well, okay, so I don't. I don't know exactly who the 100% target in 3.33, but you're not really the target of End of Eva. You're not the person who sent death threats to Anno for the the ending of the TV series. No, and they, but at the same time, I may not be the target of the person for End of Evangelion, but I still enjoyed it. Hmm. And just because I'm not the target doesn't mean I shouldn't enjoy the film. This is the thing. If you want so to make a statement, make a statement action... with a good film. I just don't enjoy the film. It wasn't enjoyable. Why wasn't the fun? action enjoyable then? Because there's plenty of fun robot action. There's some robot action. There's the beginning and the ending have the robot action. Mm. I think the first one, I didn't really care for the first action because it was... I just kind of felt it was over the top and silly with the like, I know that sounds stupid to be a, you know, something man watching a robot show piloted by 14-year-olds and all that to call it silly and that's why I didn't enjoy it. But actually, the whole thing of, and now we've turned this massive ship into a giant, giant robot to swing you around on a ball and chain and defying the weird physics by making you hit one another because we spin around and then we come to a full stop and then all four of you crash into one another yeah that makes sense in terms of (laughs) you know the forces involved in that what and then we're just going to shoot you repeatedly and it's just i don't know i felt like that was all really boring it wasn't interesting at all to me all of that and the flying floating giant ship i didn't like that at all and then of course i looked and i was like oh and so now you're also making all of the fleet float with you because you've got some sort of flying engine it's an, now. It's an AT field. Come on. Yeah, I know. And they're picking them all up and they're all flying away with it. It's just... I just kind of went, ugh. This is all... It's too over the top. It's too silly. It's not enjoyable. And it's not... Too it's not silly in our giant in robot I, I really don't get it. I know you don't get it. And that's, I think, why we're never going to sort of agree on this one. I just feel like... Okay, I didn't like this film for the same reasons I didn't like the first film. There's no interesting bits that I enjoy. There's not the bits of Evangelion I enjoy in it. Mm-hmm. There's the bits of Evangelion that I find either boring or... Uh, and as you say, it's like you know the bit in Ev- end, end of Evangelion that I don't enjoy mm. is the bit where it goes live action and shows a theatre and then shows a crowd of people and does all that. Mm-hmm. And again, I kind of got to the point of rolling my eyes when Shinji and Kara were playing the piano and then it shows the musical notes and then it has like unicorns dancing horses. in a They're different anime style. <laughs> I know they're horses, but it's more belittling to call them unicorns. It's just, uh, it's the same. I I was just bored. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just spent the whole time I was watching the film. I wasn't interesting. I wasn't interested. And, and there were a few bits with the fights with the ever that made me interested. And I was enjoying some of that. But I don't care about the giant ship. And I just, therefore, I only really sort of enjoyed it towards the end. And the end... All of that cool stuff with Marion Asuka fighting in that area is massively tainted by Shinji going, no, no, I'm going to pull the spears. I'm going to do it. <laughs> that just kind of pulled me out. Like, cool as you can get when Shinji's doing that and that's the focus of it, it's a little distracting for me to go, oh, yeah, actually, I'd rather like you sniping. And actually, I did like Mary sniping. It was cool. Especially when she had like the pistol and was blowing the head off of uh, Unit Zero. That was pretty cool. Mm. Or Unit that Eight stays, or Nine, or whatever. Uh, that fuck stays off for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I rather liked that. But when they're cool. descending to where Lilith is, and <laughs> and Unit Nine is with them, and it's just like, oh, it's still still missing its head. I just think I'd have enjoyed that, and I'd have been more engaged if you'd have moved the other stuff around you know you actually don't have to change any of the giant robot fighting stuff necessarily i think it's just that i was so thoroughly disinterested by the plot and the characterization and the developments and all of that was going on Mm. that by the time that the robot stuff happened i was like oh i'm trying to get a bit more interested because it might be more interesting but i was already so disengaged that it couldn't get on with it you know Mm -hmm. so yeah there you go didn't enjoy it and now i'm gonna wait for was it a year and a half or however long it's going to be before... Um, Probably, it'll, certainly the last in one. a year, we in a year's time from now, we should have it. It should be around in yeah. some form. Yeah, yeah and it might one. be the last one. Or it might not. No, I'm pretty sure it'll be the last sort of one. Just Let's just put a nail in it. Let's just finish this damn thing. 
Yeah. I mean, I was always fine. I was fine with Eva finishing with the TV series. Like... No, I was... I'm glad they did End of Evangelion. I think it, it was a really... I think it was a good ending to do the films as well as the ending into the TV series, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't see the value in of me having made these films yet. Like I enjoyed the second one, but considering how disappointing I was with the first and the third, unless they can really bring it home with the fourth, I am going to say you might as well just have made something new and had put all that money and budget into a new story. Well, no, if you're talking about worse, let's not forget again. This thing has been making more money with every movie, so I think they've they've they have succeeded at what they sent out to do. Yeah, but as I've said multiple times, just because people have paid money for something doesn't mean it has value. Just because some people, I think, think you're it, forgetting just how a lot money works. Good doesn't mean it has quality. <laughs> no, money is not like uh, that. Actually, is one of the fallacies of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you've put time, you, just because you've put money into something doesn't mean it has value. Wait, no. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the return. It's got nothing to do with the amount. It's the amount of money that they have made. Oh no, no. It, yeah, it's a value to the people who own it yeah. and have made it. But I'm saying that you know all the people who've gone to see the film doesn't necessarily mean it's been good. It hasn't been a worthwhile endeavor for anyone other than the people who've made the money from it. I just. But again, know. like, look at where we're living. If only, oh, if only there was some way to criticize that machine, which was the only way to generate stuff. But I guess, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess there's no Just way the... to do it, apparently, because we've had three movies, and I guess there's nothing in there that I've said repeatedly that is a criticism for how these movies were made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just, I just wanted to see Marie's character expanded on. I wanted to see more of what was going on with all the other people. I didn't want to see Shinji being a whiny little git again for two hours whilst he interacted with Rei, whose character development is not there because she's not the same person, and that one doesn't have any character development. Karu, who we've been promised and promised and promised and promised and promised, whose thing was vaguely interesting but wasn't enough to carry the film. Gendo, who did nothing... And Ikutsuki, who just was there to do a bit of exposition at one Don't point you mean to tell us things. Fiyutsuki, that's it, yeah. Yeah, you did Iku- Who's Ikutsuki? Ikutsuki, you're thinking of the guy from Persona 3. 